When I made that decision to either say no or to cut something off, something magnificent has always happened right after. I either clear myself for something way better that I couldn't have accepted before, or I'm so mentally free from whatever I just let go of that I can do even better. And it shows. In episode 16, web and brand designer Christina Hall of Superlunar Design Co. lends her insight on saying no, trusting your gut, setting boundaries, and how to work with creatives. The Jabberwocky. It's the voice that turns determination to doubt. It creeps in to confuse and convolute, to jumble and judge and dash our deepest desires to dust. Sorry, not today. I'm Eric Quigley, a creative director, brand strategist, father, and type A entrepreneur on a mission to help creatives and business owners make the seemingly impossible possible. Brand therapy, imposter syndrome, corporate metaphysics, mental health, creative rehab, it's all on the table. Together, we're going to slay the Jabberwocky. Your session starts now. Honestly, I feel like this is the Mean Girls in the Cafeteria episode that's about to happen. <laughs> like so I really excited. feel like. <laughs> so we're here with Christina Hall. Uh, she is of Super Lunar Design Co. Um, and now of recent, at least to me, recent TikTok fame. Uh, she blew up like crazy, which she's totally deserving of. Um, but we're going to get into working with clients, boundaries, being the mean girl when you need to. Um, Christina, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll get into it? Yeah, so you already did a great job. I'm Christina Hall of Super Lunar Design Co. And I help brands and business owners stand out with aligned branding and sales-driven web design. Look at that. I remembered my sales pitch. (laughs) (laughs) Barely, barely lost it. You know what? I don't even for real though. Honestly, it's in... What really draws me, and we're going to get into this, but really even what draws me in, and because I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say bitchy. I just want to no, say yeah. very real, very realistic, I like very tough love. direct and straightforward. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, I think that's, that sales pitch is, is, um, is kind of lowering what your actual like yeah. experience with Christina would be. But um, so good. A, a for effort and on the a for uh, effort. <laughs> the deliverables, right? Like what we're doing. Okay. Good but again. I do, I do want to know, <laughs> I do want to know um, how you got into what you're doing. I think that's the one people love yeah. stories like that. So how did you get into of where course. you're at right so- now? I actually started really early and there's a fun TikTok. I've actually hidden it. I'll probably bring it back. There's a fun TikTok. I got massive views. I think you've seen it. And I talk about how I tried to hack Neopets as a kid. Um, yes. That was and, the one that really blew you yeah, up. And it was like, yeah. Uh-huh. That was like the starting. And and yeah, so my dad was a software developer and engineer. And so we we had like three computers in our house because he built them when we were really young. Okay. Yeah. He was super tech nerd. And so I've always been exposed to the computer, you know, technical, et cetera. And I yeah. really got into, obviously, like, MySpace age, you were coding your little backgrounds and everything. And that wasn't what sparked my interest again, because like Neopets was similar. But I was like, why am I like just playing the game like it goes? And there are all these notices in the game about don't give people your passwords. There are phishing scams or, you know, whatever. People can steal your passwords if you click a bad link. And I was, I really was like, 
oh, people are doing it this way. And like, yes, it's nefarious, but it's just nefarious in the game. Not like actually nefarious in the real world, which it is. Yeah. <laughs> so Which it is. I yeah. basically, like for lack of a better term, I built like a phishing page where people would click a link. It would give them a form. And I was so proud that I told my, I told my dad because he would be proud. I was like, dad, look yeah. what I made. And he was like, take that down right now. Don't. I never like published it. So no one ever yeah. got affected. But yeah, he was like, I was like, look what I did. I'm going to win this game. <laughs> and so I'm going to make so much, you know, fake Neopets money. Um, oh and yeah, I was God. crazy. And so I've always been into that sort of stuff, though. I've just always tried to figure out how I could make the internet and like coding work. And I've yeah. always been very artistic. And so the digital preference and then being artistic just kind of goes hand in hand with graphic yeah. design. By the time I went to college, I was in graphic design with a focus in web design. And so I've, I've been on this path, whether I thought I was pretty much from the jump. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great to be like fulfilling that. And I've sort of just always been doing the thing I'm interested in, which is great. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm almost surprised you didn't become a, a hacker, but you know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Based on that, no, I love. I think that's such an interesting story, and your. I think you. I don't know. I'm gonna guess that your personality kind of already lends itself to this, but um, your delivery and your just working with clients in general is um, very strong. Which is, mm-hmm. I, I'm the same way. Uh, I think actually you might be a little stronger than I am, and I thought it was pretty <laughs> bad. Um, but no, I, I love it. I think we need more of it in the design community because we do tend to get just walked all over all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I just want to start to get into working with clients, all that good stuff. So what are, I'm going to kick this off good. What are some of your biggest client pet peeves? So I've thought about this okay. and I, they're really boring pet peeves, but they're so important. And so I yeah. would say the first one is communication mm-hmm. and it's part of why I show up. I'm actually way nicer to my clients <laughs> than I appear on TikTok. I am too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way more yeah. professional, way more yeah. nice. And yeah. So they have to like filter through. They have to sure. be willing to deal with what I appear to be on TikTok to get the nice side of me. So, yeah. I mean, that's, um, yeah. Yeah, sure. and and so communication, not just on, like, timeliness of communication, but being, like, upfront. And I can't tell yeah. you how many times I've heard of other people saying, you know, I worked with another designer, and what they gave me I really didn't like, but I was afraid to tell them. I was afraid to hurt their feelings. And I am like, why would you spend so much money yes. on something and not give your opinion Yes. And just say, like, you know, I guess my business will suffer because I'm not proud of my brand. And we know what, like, confidence issues that causes when you're mm-hmm. not, confi- like, confident in your brand. And so I think they know that they can – I attract people who are either needing my personality or match my personality. And so they know that they can come to me. I'm not going to lie to them. I'm not going to bullshit them. It's mm-hmm. It's like you have to tell me. And I let them know. I'm like – Revisions are factored in. You have to tell me where this is going and exactly. how this is working or else it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest thing is, is people finding out, you know, you won't communicate. They haven't communicated until the project's all done or not communicating on time. 
It really <laughs> is. I mean, and it's a stinger when you when you get there and you're like, but you didn't, you know, if you're the if you were the yeah. creative that they didn't communicate with and you're like, but I was under the Where assumption were we were yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Like I and I've had that be- happen before too. Yeah. And it's, it it can be very I've had a client fire me because of like a similar situation where they're just not telling me and I'm like, "What?" I fired a client recently who claimed we got into a snafu, but she claimed that she had been she was a long-term client. She claimed yeah. she had been struggling to work effectively with me for 6 months and never told me. And she said I was hoping it would even out. And I was like, "How? You- You're a business owner." Of, of a pretty large business. And I was yeah. like, how have you been operating this way? <laughs> There's no <laughs> business owners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this is a PSA right yes. now. You have got to speak up. Like you, you can't just expect something backbone. to go away. Exactly. Yeah. You can't. The backbone has to be there. I mean, in anything in business, I don't Everything. care what business you're in. <laughs> if you are running your own business, if you're not a shark and have a backbone about it, like, yeah. get out. Exactly. And it's not to say, like, I don't want people to think they have to be like me where you're just very direct, straightforward, not no. holding back. But you need a line, like a boundary yeah. line yep. that you will uphold. And if yep. you don't, then I mean, it's going to your your business is going to suffer. I've seen it so often when you don't uphold that line. Yeah. Business starts to suffer. 100%. That's really interesting. I don't even think, you know, when I think of pet peeves, I think I mean, a big one really is communication, honestly, but mm-hmm. it's more from my perspective. Generally, it's like the I don't knows. It's the not helping I'll us know across. When I see it. The, exactly. <laughs> and there I mean, it's just become a running joke at this yeah, point, right? Yeah. Like those are just the things. So, you know, not having that sort of communication. Um I so based on you communicating with clients doing these sorts of things like what are you doing to kind of avoid that like if this communication mm-hmm. issue is your number one thing and kind of what other boundaries do you have set up like beyond your you almost have I'm going to go on a little bit here you must have like a built-in firewall with your personality, which is amazing. It's this, yes. it's like if you can test, then you said it. If you can test this, like if you can mm-hmm. deal with this and get through this, then we're good. Then we know yeah. that we're gonna align. So I mean I love that. But I and mean other things you do you, yeah, you use, yeah. That's something I do though. It's my brand image and personality. It and and so many people, I won't go into a huge branding tangent, but so many people are afraid to be straightforward or be themselves, whether it's straightforward or not, because they want to appeal to everyone. I say this all the time, like stop being professional in that very aged corporate term of what professional means, because Mm -hmm. it's, it's bland at this point. You're Mm -hmm. not standing out with that. Um, but it's fake. Yeah. To jump back in. Yeah. And, and I, obviously caveats, if you're working like old school financial investors, probably. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. There's a time and a place for everything, for but sure. yes, generally, yeah. Um, but to go back, get off my tangent, um, some boundaries I set are, and, and you know, I'll give people, you know, that uh, under-promise, over-deliver of timelines, especially, because people always want to know how long is this going to take. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fast and efficient worker, especially because I attract people who I feel like we get each other. Yeah. It's even easier to design with someone who you feel like you just understand. Oh, and absolutely. so, um. I usually like four to six weeks, six to eight weeks, depending on the project load. And I will always caveat that with, I was like, you know, what makes a project go longer is our communication 
and I joke and I, I like kind of alleviate and I'm like, I have a VA who makes sure that I, I communicate with you if I forget to. Yeah. yeah. She yells at me. Um, but I will, and then like, I'll tell a little story about a client who said he absolutely had to have a website done by March and never got me his deliverables until June. Yeah. And I'm just like, and this is not to shame you, but it's just to give you a clear perspective of how fast or how slow something can go. And it's 100% based on communication. Mm -hmm. And usually people are like, yeah, I understand that for sure. And for the most part, again, I kind of qualify clients by dealing with my personality. So if they're slow, they're like, yeah, I've been slow. And project timeline extends a little because of that. Fine. And if if they're fast and efficient, we're moving right along. So it's not a big deal. So that's a big boundary of mine. Um, but then re- respect is a big one. And that same client I spoke to you about since it was an ongoing contract, I mean, for three years we were wow. working together. Yeah. Um, and from the, so very at the beginning, I, she was my first like contract client as a freelance designer before I was like, I'm starting a business. I'm just going to freelance on the side. Mm-hmm. And she came in very strong, Right out the gate, promised me a thousand dollar a month retainer. Which, when you're first starting out, you're like, "Oh my god, that's so much money!" Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm you're be like, "Rich, yeah." yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, I was like, "That's like, wow." I mean, and so I kind of succumbed to her personality, where it was like, "I'm doing this for you. You work for me. Do whatever I say." Yeah. And I I realized I was in therapy shortly after that. And I realized I was like, you know, I need to like, I am a very strong force on the inside, but I don't show it on the outside at the mm-hmm. time. And I was like, you know, I need to start saying you cannot communicate with me after 6pm or 5pm or whatever. You know, timeline, you need to understand how long it actually takes to do something good. And if you don't want it to look good, then it's going to be rushed, then you need to understand that. And um, we had weekly meetings that I was almost always attending. And when I missed one once, it's a really good example of boundary setting. I missed one once. And it was like the second one I had missed in a year. I had to take my dog to the vet or something. Yeah. And she texted me and was like, um, you know, with everything. And this was like a team meeting. I wasn't even necessarily needed. And it was like, um, the text said, you know, moving forward, we really need your attendance. If you can give me a new date and time that works for you that you can guarantee your attendance, then let's do that. And I responded and I was like, I have attended 98% of all of the meetings and give you an hour of my time every single time. And I have, you know, my lack of attendance the, like the two times I haven't attended have been out of my control. And, you know, this is the best time that works for me. And, you know, I don't think it's fair to say that my attendance, you know, has suffered because that was implied mm-hmm. for two misses in like a year. And I said, um, you know, if we need to reevaluate expectations because I am a human being and not, I can't promise my time for an hour every single week for years, then perhaps we need to evaluate expectations and like adjust how we work together. Mm -hmm. And she backed off really hard off of that. 
Um, she apologized and was like, you know, but she, we would go through power struggles often throughout the years where she wanted to be on top. I was like, just whatever. I'm, I, I started getting around 2,500 a month from her. So like during the time where I wasn't really growing my business, that was really good supplemental income. Oh, sure. And I would kind of back off just because I'm like, you know what, do whatever makes her happy, but I won't do that now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we get we get trapped yeah. into that. And I think you make a couple of good points when it comes to boundary setting in general. A lot of us, when it comes to retainers, I've been in the same situation where the client will treat you as an employee. Mm-hmm. And in reality, the relationship is you're a contractor. Yeah. You own your own business. We're yeah. a partnership right now. Yeah. Like I'm I'm We're offering equal. you a service. Yeah. <laughs> at, at, yeah. At this this is the same same kind of situation as somebody paving your driveway, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're not an employee of you you now because exactly. they paved your driveway. Yeah. So I think we get caught up in a lot of that and having those boundaries are a huge thing in those mm-hmm. situations. Um so I'm interested to how uh, cuz this is going to lead in this kind of leads into the question that I had. So there was a point that you weren't obviously imposing these on clients or sticking Mm -hmm. up for yourself or whatever. Was that this kind of sticking point for putting those into place and the therapy and things like that? Or did something like major happen? I have to do this. This client was the catalyst for like, because I got to a point where I was miserable um, Mm -hmm. and, and really felt like I had a second job with a horrible boss Mm -hmm. and that's not how freelancing for yourself should work. (laughs) And so I was kind of like, you know, I got to a point where, I was like, I have to say this and just accept any repercussions that come through. Ended up in my favor, but um, this last time where I really let her go, I was not willing to negotiate anything. I didn't want to work with her anymore. And yeah. that was I. That was 36 days ago, and I just got my final invoice from her. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. you're lucky you got the final invoice. I know. Well, I because... threatened collections. Okay. So. <laughs> just a little. Just put that in there. And I got um, it the I, day after I sent that email. So it <laughs> I works. I it mean, works. <laughs> good for you. I mean, it just I, – I hate that that's what happens because we are – as creatives, we are put in this position where we're less than. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're the people that are just kind of the help in, you know, the creative industries. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm interested to know if you could go back and, you know – start off at your thousand dollars a month which i would be insanely proud of too <laughs> yeah, yeah. i would be like oh my god you know what would you st- what were the you know kind of number one things that you would start out with even re- like really specifics because i think when it comes down to boundaries you've kind of encapsulated it very um uh succinctly where it is it does all come down to respect right mm-hmm. it does all come down mm-hmm. to like time and and what i'm delivering and all of those things and i'm another human yeah but specifically like if you were to point things out for people like what would be the number one things that like tactically you would say okay i have to have this from a client for me not to want to rip my hair out a really good contract a really really good contract and i know how even now i'm like ugh, do i really need a lawyer to look at this like we have chat gpt we have examples online but but really really good contract because I just found, I just, I think I bought one that was a graphic designer, you know, freelancer contract way back. And this was in 2019. Yeah. Um, and 
it had a work for hire clause, which yeah. absolutely screwed me. Yeah. After can- because she requ- she requested every source file I had worked on for the last three years. Oh my god! And I had to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, that yeah. was just a nightmare. Um, yeah. And I mean, so I now have a clause that does not include source files unless I agree or yeah. they pay extra in in certain instances. And so yeah. I it, it's really just because I think. Most business owners or most freelancers, even when they start out, you're not going to have those boundaries. It's almost like a trick of the trade that you learn over time because you are in that space. I I try not to forget that space where you will do anything just to get experience. Mm -hmm. You will do anything just to get 16 bucks an hour or something. Mm -hmm. And and you just really want to be making the money, especially when most people start, most people aren't starting freelancing because they have a comfortable income. And and so you're in that space where you feel pressured. And I Mm -hmm. think you have to almost learn what you are and are not willing to do Mm -hmm. for the price tag. Yeah. So I I don't want to go back and say, oh, I would start having my boundaries in place right out the bat because I know I it just wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have been there in my business growth yet. That's fair. I mean, that's so really I think contract yeah. would have protected me much more. <laughs> well, and even even linking, and I go back to this in some of my content where I think contracts scare people. Contracts are like, oh my god, I've had I've heard some some creatives say, you know, if I don't feel like I could do this on a handshake, then maybe I shouldn't do it. Okay. Scares me when yeah, I, no, <laughs> if I heard that. Yeah, no, let's get out of here. Really, no. But, you know, I think contracts are a fantastic place to be able to merge to merge kind of the legality with with your personal boundaries. I always say to, to my clients, it's a contract to protect you and I. Yes, yes. It's going to protect you from me, although I won't do anything. But yeah. it's, it's, you know, and I, I, I usually lead off with that, protect yeah. you and I, and that makes them feel better because yeah. I think it helps them realize in a split second, like, oh, she could screw me over. <laughs> Not yeah. going to. I'm in reality. Yeah. And it, it makes them more inclined to sign. I think, thankfully, most of the people I work with don't care. They're, I've had someone sign a contract and then ask me for an amendment right after. And I'm like, why did you sign it then? So like, glad you're really into signing the contract, but yeah, exactly. Let's, let's discuss first. <laughs> yeah. I th- yeah. Clients do overlook it. I was, I always tell people, I'm like, maybe you should probably go like, yeah, through like, some things it? or let them know, or yeah, like this is what's <laughs> going on. But um, yeah. And I think that contracts also, do you feel like they have, well, two questions. How do you feel they apply to you being perceived as an expert? Do you think they help or hinder? I think and they help. Yeah, I would say yeah. I would say the same. I think they're yeah. I think it's a huge confidence boost. I think especially if you know what they're saying, right? If you know you what the contract feel says. Safe. Yeah. Yes. And and you just feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. And Oh, damn it. What was the other question? Sorry, I jumped No, really that's fast okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. You're good. No, it's okay. We'll get back around to it. Um, either way, contracts, I'm always 100% always in favor. And I think that's probably better even, you know, beyond boundaries is probably mm-hmm. a better lead off just to be, I don't even care if it's got loopholes at that point, right? Like, I think it takes everybody time yeah. to get through, like, it's always the crap situation that leads to, like, the stuff that you actually need. Yeah, but then then I think you just fix it. Like, if it yeah. happens, it suck, suck it up yeah. like I did. Unearthed three years of files for off across three different computers and <gasps> yeah. passed them all to her. And I was like, okay, 
I've never yeah. had this issue before. And I usually, even with source files, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Take the AI file. Like, yeah. whatever. I know that's sometimes like taboo, but just take it. I don't care. If you want to yeah. screw it up, fine. I'll take you out of my portfolio. But yeah. I I was just after that, I'm like, okay, definitely just including a clause about this because then I don't have to send you three years worth of crap. Um, yeah. And, and I think it, you know, I feel like it's inevitable the more clients you deal with, something's going to come up, you're going to realize you're not protected, and then you just fix it. You exactly. feel good later. Yeah. So. And that comes down to, I think, choosing battles too, knowing when. Yeah. That's, here's a fantastic question I was not even going to ask you, but have you found yourself, what, what point do you get to when you, you know, what's that line for you where you go, this is worth me fighting for, this isn't worth me fighting for, and I can just remove you from my portfolio. What's that line for you? And when do you make that indication? I make it so I've worked a lot on like self awareness because I I I can usually tell if it's a good or bad situation on how I feel about mm. certain things and it's like when you ask someone to to pick two things and they pick the one you didn't want yeah. and you're like oh because yeah. you already knew from the jump you just wanted someone to like push you there yeah I I think now that I'm so in check with my self awareness about how something makes me feel I know it just. If I if I accepted something that I didn't feel good about, it would lead to resentment down the road, which mm-hmm. affects our creativity and our ability to do a good job. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not excited about something, I don't feel good. Um, and again, this like comes from a very privileged place because now I have the ability to say, this doesn't feel good, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people don't have that. But it, it really is like a self-awareness check. Like, how do I feel good about it? I had a client issue a couple weeks ago. She didn't want to be featured in my portfolio at all. And it was at the point where I was like, I'm, you're paying me a rush fee. And it's really not worth bending my schedule if I can't say that I've worked on this project. And, you yeah. know, it was one of those instances where the only reason I'm doing this is because it would look good in my portfolio mm-hmm. and for no other reason. And I told mm-hmm. her exactly that. And she ended up saying, okay, how about this then? And and it was just like, I was willing to lose like an almost 10K project just off of that. And again, privilege, but it, it was it would not have been worth the stress and the resentment I would have felt to carry on with that project. It ended up working out in the end, but it could have not. And I remember sitting, feeling really anxious about that, not knowing what to do. And the fact that I felt anxious about it at all, I was like, I need to just let go of this project. Yes. Because it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, you know, someone else will come in. Yeah. And it ended up working out. But I mean, yeah. I think being willing to let go of something that doesn't feel good is the biggest the biggest thing. Yeah, I've noticed that too with myself. It it really it's the time in kind of paying it's the self-awareness people don't mm-hmm. have it's i mean that's across the board with yeah. creativity in general we don't pay attention to our processes we don't pay attention to what happened with the last client it's mm-hmm. the big stuff that like jars us that we're like it's usually when we lose money yeah that we're like oh god i have to fix that because yeah. i lost this much money or whatever <laughs> you know we're not worried we'll still drown ourselves in hours of work for pennies yeah, yeah. but you know we got to lose ten thousand dollars to wake up um and i think uh Having that self-awareness, um, ha- it comes with time, mm-hmm. obviously, oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. you have to just be able to pay attention to that kind of thing. Um, oh, I've in similar scenarios, now that you're saying it's, it's, it's about how you feel about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've had several scenarios where I was physically, violently opposed for yeah. some reason, 
Yeah. Like it was it was like any other project coming up. And for some reason, I was just so anxious. Were you just like, so I don't want to do it? Like, something was, <laughs> I don't even want to start. <laughs> you know, I don't, and for me, I don't know if it translates to that. It's more just like, is this okay? What's mm-hmm. something doesn't like it just, just weird inner turmoil that I'm like, yeah. this feels oh, yeah. bizarre. And the interesting thing is, every time that's happened and I've said yes, with the biggest time, the client turned out to be a criminal. And, like <laughs> there are reasons to listen to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, part of that again is coming with time and really paying attention with the self-awareness and mm-hmm. having the the boldness and the 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 just wherewithal to say no. Yeah. How have you gotten to that point where you've gotten comfortable with saying no? Because I feel like you're able to do that. <laughs> oh yeah. I say no with zero problems these days. And and it really is like I want to say it's a combination of experience like as much as that client, the one I brought up that I just like fired recently was a nightmare. She taught me a lot about what I never want to deal with again. And so mm-hmm. thanks, I guess. But <laughs> I, I like truly never, ever want to deal with that again. And like it, that experience coupled – it's almost like the fear of having an experience again mm-hmm. coupled with my self-awareness. I – it's like – and I've got a point in my own life where with anything, if I just don't want to do something – and it's not my ADHD not wanting to start. And it's not just me being tired or something. And it just really at my core feels mm-hmm. not okay. I I don't question it anymore. I'm just like, yeah. no. And and when I've made that like chance or when I made that decision to either say no or to cut something off, something magnificent has always happened right after. Yep. So I either clear myself for something way better that I couldn't have accepted before or I'm so mentally free from whatever I just let go of that mm-hmm. I can do even better, and it shows. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think that answered the question. Like how no, I you got did. there. But no, I think it's <laughs> well. I mean, it's a combination of obviously the self awareness has come from self reflection. It's come mm-hmm. from therapy. It's come from whatever it is. And I don't yeah. you know. Obviously, like I, me personally, I'm very averse. Well, not I'm not averse to therapy. I've just so long compartmentalized and shoved yeah. every feeling down <laughs> that I just. You know, just steer away from it. You're like, this works for me. Yeah, it's working. It's just fine. I'll deal with it when I'm like 60 or something. I don't know. There you go. Um, So, no, I love that. I think it's – we don't do enough. And the interesting thing is, as creatives, we should be much more attuned to that. We already should. It's such an emotional and almost physiological, like, experience. Like – and I will even say, like, yesterday I wanted to get stuff done to send out today because it's September 1, so project dates – are starting for September. Mm -hmm. And I was so tired. And I, and like, you know, like me, uh, even a year ago would have been like, just do it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no. And it was just sending out mood boards. Like those aren't that big of a deal. But I was like, no, just go to bed at 730. Like, who cares? Yes. It was it was 6 p.m. and I was exhausted. <laughs> no, it happens I, though. And I was like, go to bed at 7.30, wake up early, do it. You can still get it to the East Coasters at a reasonable time. Like, who yeah. cares? And I was like, I don't – and no one, first of all, is going to be upset if they get something September 1 in the middle of the workday. But no. you're not going to do as good of a job. You're not going to feel as good about it. And you need to show up the best you can for your clients. Like, just stop. And so even just that self-awareness of like, I'm physiologically not able to do this or physically not able to do this, whichever one it is. And it's like, just take a break, take a nap, log off, wake up early tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. And it's hard to do. Yeah. But I've noticed like I need, I've, and it has come with age, but I've noticed like, it's like, if you're tired, 
hungry, dehydrated, just stop. Go like, take care. Of yeah, like <laughs> which the is basic hard to things do. to keep your body running. Like I'm, those are it is. I'm that girl where it's like my boyfriend is like, "Did you drink water today?" And yep. I'm like. I had coffee. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't feel good. Did you yeah. eat or drink water? Well, no. <laughs> no. No, I did not. <laughs> no, it happens. It really does yeah. happen, you know? And it's, it's just a really – the more that I get into conversations like this and talking with other people, it is just so amazing to me that as, as such kind of emotional and connected people we are to our work and things like that, that we don't – we totally negate – we negate ourselves, we negate oh, so our much. process in favor of – and I, I've come down to believing that it's just – it's really just about this, like, not really lack of self-acceptance, but just be wearing our work like, yeah. out there, right? Like, wearing our work on our sleeve, basically. Well, and there's a part – and so, like, I I contest this opinion, but also have this opinion. It's like, when people like your work, you feel accepted. Yes. Yeah. And – but yeah. also, you have to detach yourself emotionally enough that when you get critique, you can – Yes. objectively observe what they're actually asking for. Yes. Or even when people choose the one that you think isn't the, the greatest version of whatever it is you're making, yeah. you have to like sit back and just accept it. Yeah. And it's and it's not really reject critique is not rejection. Mm-hmm. But at the same time when people accept our work and they love it, you feel super accepted and validated. Mm-hmm. So it is like an yeah. emotional experience and and yeah, I it's just such a weird concept (laughs) it it is it's totally bizarre i mean but i'm finding that it's very universal and it's Mm -hmm. just uh, what i've started to do to kind of because i you know nobody i don't care who you are you could say you love critique all you want i think you're a liar because (laughs) you know nobody loves to be like oh yeah we don't really like that and we don't really get your concept or whatever yeah but i've started to kind of a lot of my focus has been on like circumventing a lot of things so Mm -hmm. like all of the question asking up front all of the you know what i mean like dissecting their brain before we ever get to that point Mm -hmm. so that i can just be more prepared to present something that's going to be more in line with where their brain's at already. Yeah. And that's, I have my process, like, it's extremely collaborative. I'm not one mm-hmm. of those people who it's like, cool, give me your business name and what colors you want, and I'll come back to you in two months no, with something. No. Would never. Yeah. Would die. And so <laughs> um, I, like, make sure every step of the way, and not only does the client feel more involved, but they're more likely to accept things that they probably wouldn't have accepted in the first place because of their involvement. I'm not saying I dupe them or anything, but a lot of the times people will critique or revise just because they felt like they haven't been involved. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I make sure that that's in there. And and I I do like critique only in the sense that I know it's getting me to the final project or the final product, the best final product. But when I hear it, I'm like, are you serious? Like this first pass is definitely the best absolute thing you could ever have. And then – by the end, I'm like, oh, no, yeah, we definitely did a good job there yeah. after all of the <laughs> You know, that's the interesting thing. It's like it's still your work. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we, we forget exactly. that it's still ours. Um, no, I, I love that. You and I are so like I think in line <laughs> yeah. with everything. I, you know, I, I also with the beginning of my projects and I told uh, ment- uh, Mentee the other day this. I was like – because I, I give a creative brief. I think everybody mm-hmm. asks for, you know, brand intensive or whatever they're doing just to get where the client's at. But mm-hmm. I always preface it by saying, this is for me to know where your brain's at. I'm not going to guarantee you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but this is for me to get an idea because that's the thing. They don't – we do a lot of like nodding yes because they're paying the bill. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, 
if we're just nodding and saying yes to the colors that they presented to us, we're doing them a disservice. Exactly. Because it's not about them. Yeah. And so, that's, I have content that says that over and over again. Yeah. Like it is not about, I think you saw my whiteboard one where I was like, Oh yeah. No, cause you spurred off you. of me. You were like, by the way, this is it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yes. Yeah. And so, um, it, I mean, especially people typically, I think, you know, the way it works, especially if you get a lead off TikTok, see a video that intrigues them. And then they binge like 15 videos. Oh yeah. And then they reach out to you. Yeah. And so typically they've caught one of the times I've said, it's not all about you. Yeah. It's about your customer or your yeah. target audience or whatever. And so yeah. I've qualified again. That's like, like what all my content is, is it's qualifying people. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they usually come to me and they'll try to hurry up and get that line in before oh, I tell yeah. them, like, I know it's not all about me. <laughs> and I'm like... Good. <laughs> yes, we've brainwashed you. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, good, because like, I'm like, I'll check that off my list of things to tell you. And I joke about it. But it's great because it's, again, just people who are aligned. Anyone who mm -hmm. thinks it is all about them is never going to reach out to me, which yeah. is good. Yeah, don't, I mean, it's great. Don't come work for me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you have to be comfortable with that. Um, mm -hmm. That's a big thing for me, you know, is just getting really comfortable in yourself of being like, you know what, I don't need to work with everybody and not exactly. everybody needs to work with me. There are 8 billion people on the earth. Yes. That's what I try to say. I'm like, don't worry about it. Yeah. And don't I think we have that constant <laughs> fear. That's the constant yeah. fear. And I think it's, I don't know how much you were into, you know, anything metaphysical or any, you know, any sort of you're super lunar. So yeah. you know what? You know, super lunar. So <laughs> Um, but just that lack mindset mm -hmm. of being in that like fear-based kind of thing, I think does a lot. It's all about the energy you're putting out. So yeah. getting comfy with that is a huge thing. Um, 100%. so I, I want to touch on just back to your persona. Cause I think this is, this is a big thing that attracted me to you mm -hmm. as just a, a fellow creative and being like, Hey, we're like cut from the same cloth here. Yeah. Um, but having, Having such a strong personality, how are you dealing with um, – how do you deal with kind of the naysayers? How do you deal with the people that are like, oh, she's just an angry woman? Like, you know, like what are those – like I'm sure you get a lot of it. I've seen you do some content on it. <laughs> how do you deal with that personally? How do you deal with it yeah. professionally? I – so I get a lot of hate on TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, but I – so here's the thing. For every 10 hate comments, I get 50 follows and like 10 inquiries. So yeah, yeah. when I see, when you see that, you're kind of like, I don't care. Um, yeah. I was also a middle child of five. So I was built like this. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. I was <laughs> made fun yeah. of at every turn growing up. So Aww. you kind of had to, it's fine. Um, but you kind of had have to have a thick skin and yeah. realize it's not about you at all. It, what have like, and the people like, have you ever commented on something aside from someone clearly being an asshole and like someone just genuinely doing something and been like, wow, like this sucked or you suck or yeah. you look awful or something yeah, like yeah, that. Like yeah. it's a miserable person who does that. Yeah. And also the more hate comments I get, the more it gets pushed out to everyone. Listen. Hate comments, <laughs> negative commentary is the best social they, media currency you yes, could ask for. They And that's what I had a, a business coach who told me, if you're not getting hate, you're not 
standing out enough. Yeah. And I kind of was like, well, then let's go. (laughs) And and that kind of helped my content be really bitchy. And, um, but yeah, I mean, and like the hate commenters, they'll even get a ton of likes for someone like degrading one of my Canva redesigns, which are like, just for fun. It's not a real brand. It's not even what I would ever put out. Yeah. Me designing for two hours chill. It's demonstrating ability. It's and like I think you and I both know your first few ideas suck. And so it's like usually. And so it's like, you know, it's just an observation. It's like even if this sucks, it's still better than what I showed you at the beginning. Yeah. And that's the point. And so, you know, people will tear it down. People will be like, I liked the Canva logo, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, cool, who cares? If if I was getting tons of hate comment and no one was reaching out to me and I wasn't growing followers, I would probably be like, am I the problem? Yeah. And and I think in that instance, you probably would be if the yeah. whole internet's just bashing you. But yeah. when you see that juxtaposition of such larger, like my website visits are high. My, yeah. you know, people ordering stuff on my website is really high. I'm getting hate comments here, but they don't see the but, other side. Yeah. And so it it doesn't matter. And so how I navigate it is I very much fight with people in my comments because I love confrontation. <laughs> and and people all also love to say, like, she's so defensive. And I'm like, if me defending my perspective or not accepting – because there's cr- constructive critique, which I accept. Oh, sure. yeah. And then there's, like, hatefulness. Yes. Which oh. I will come at you guns blazing with that. And yeah. – I've gotten to the point where if I know I have a solid argument and someone's like making an argument um, argument about something that I know the answer to, I will yeah. fight with them for education's sake and just because yeah. I I love a good fight. Yeah, why not? But yeah. if if people are just like bashing me or whatever, I just delete the comment. I'll turn comment filtering on and only approve the ones that are worth a conversation. Yeah. And people have called me out before, like she's deleting the hateful comments, and I'm like, mm, block you. Block. I, I block and delete people. Like it's my second job, and yeah. I don't care. It's it's my page. It's yeah. it's mine. Well, <laughs> it's not it, yours. To, it's mine. <laughs> listen, and even bigger than that, it's your sanity. Yeah, your life. Yeah, your prerogative. That's yeah. just what it is. You know. Um, I yeah, I, I think we get really caught up. But you know, I had a friend that that got really caught up in like social commentary and all that stuff, and I'm like, you're putting your you're putting yourself out there. Your piece, number yeah, one. And you're, you're, you're your doing piece. Yeah. Is how like you have to police your piece from that. Yep. Uh-huh. I showed my sister some of the things people were saying, and I was like, ha ha ha, look. And she was like, I would cry if someone said that. And I was like, mm, you know I what? Don't care. No, I don't care. I, my first, my <laughs> first reaction. So I don't even because it, you know, I'm I'm still like, oh, I need to stay professional. But my thing is, all I always ask them a question. I'm like, can you? I'm not sure what you mean. Can you elaborate? Oh, I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> The best, the best is I said something recently and like I'm talking while I'm designing, which is like difficult. And I said, instead of like, because I was doing a realtor design and I said Mm -hmm. middle class basically, but I didn't Mm -hmm. say it. And I said bottom tier as in like genuinely here's bottom tier, here's middle tier, here's a top tier. And people are like, wow, you just called poor people bottom tier humans. And I was like, can you tell me where I said that? And I'm like, tell me where I said that. Yeah. Just give me the quote. And me, they can't. Yeah, they can't. Pull it out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this leads into because I think I have been following, you know, I've been following you for a while. Um, and I was watching and watching and watching. I'm like, oh my God, why are her views stuck here? I was like, damn it, what the hell is wrong with his algorithm? 
and then you did you did the one most unlikely video that was like yeah. I was a you know a preteen scammer or whatever. My, yeah. My, and, <laughs> not but, even about my work. <laughs> exactly. But I think you made a shift, a very um unexpected shift because when this video came out and it was a Canva redesign, when it came out and I was like, oh my God, you finally popped off and you were like, yeah, it was sitting in my drafts and I didn't have anything to post. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. Um, and where did you, was that really the catalyst for posting, doing the work or was there something else that you were like, you know what, I'm not sharing my brain here mm-hmm. other than just like do this or don't do this? Like, where did you get comfortable sharing the work? I, I really don't like process videos. Not that I don't like watching them or don't like having them in my repertoire, but they are so time consuming to record, to plan. And like, I was trying to do the thing where like, you have your phone standing here and like, yeah. while you're designing, I'm like, I designed for like hours and hours and days and days. Yes, and so yeah. I'm not going to remember... I- my brain cannot remember to set up a camera every single time no. to charge my external camera if I don't use my phone. And then yeah. I have to bring it in and edit it down to the right size and all that edit hours of footage. And I'm like, this is too much. I don't know how people do this. Yeah. And and I did the Canva redesign because I was like, I'm constantly telling people that Canva is repurposed work. And there's yeah. thousands of people using the same thing. Yep. So let me just show them, even if just for a couple hours, I like capped, I'm like, you're designing for two hours, no longer, whatever yep. comes out of it comes out of it. Yep. Even if I just show them how much better two hours of design can do what that unserious design. Yeah. I can show them how much better you can do with a professional. Yep. And, um, I didn't like, I, I think I didn't want to edit it. That's why it sat in drafts for so long. Yeah. Cause it was, again, it was, I think, a loom recording of yep. me redesigning the whole thing. And yep. it was actually the first one was a live I did on TikTok. Okay. And I downloaded it. Oh, you just downloaded the live that you did. Cause you I were downloaded like, oh, the well, live. At least I'm getting two for, yeah. yeah. I downloaded the live and, um, yeah, I just needed to cut it down to the actual points of it. I think I didn't want to edit it. And then eventually one day I was like, just do it, just post it. It yeah. wasn't even very good quality. <laughs> and yeah. um, it, it kind of popped off a little. It just did yeah. like, I think 20,000 views, which is big, mm. but not It's big. substantial that you're like, oh, when I'm coming from a few hundred yeah. to 20, you're like, oh, cool, yeah. And it didn't convert. And so I was like, whatever. And so I sat on it for a while and someone was like, um, and, you know, my other videos were doing like 2000 if they were really good for a while. And so I was like, let me try this again. This one got 20,000 views. Like, let me just try it again. And that one popped off on Instagram. It got 350,000 oh, yeah. views on Instagram and only like 100,000 on TikTok. Yeah. Again, not like small numbers, but um, yeah. the one on Instagram really popped off. So I was like, okay, there's something here. Mm-hmm. And I kept reworking the format. I found a way to like design off camera and then sort of just reenact the motions. Yes. To make editing easier and to make recording easier. Yeah. And now it's like a, it's still kind of a long process. Oh, yeah. I don't do them often. Um, but that's how I got into it. And, and so- it's been really fun and, and it's the only process video I really do. And yeah, the, the whole point is because I bashed Canva logos. So I'm like, yeah. let's stay on the path. Let's I need yeah. The- and let's show the process and show the outcome of what could really be because I do a lot of talking. Yeah. I like to talk. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I'm the same way. I'm very, you know, I'm like, here's this idea and it's quick and it's whatever. Cause I, you know, there's, 
there is no guarantee of ROI on social Mm-mm. media. Like there Mm-mm. just isn't. So my whole thing has been how quickly can I do this? How much, how little time? So that's why this is sitting in your drafts because you're like, oh my God, if I have to exactly. spend any more hours on this, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was just interested to know because I think there are a lot of, of creatives that struggle with sharing the work. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that yours just came out of, number one, it was on brand for what your persona is on. So yeah. that was Thank so, <laughs> but then, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, we can't be all over the place when we know what we're Maybe talking about. Like, figure yes. out how it fits in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's interesting how it kind of came out of um, just not necessarily like an emotional, like, oh, I have to share my work mm-hmm. because my work isn't out there. It was more like, okay, I'm demonstrating what I've been talking about for yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. Did Which you- I did have that, like, I should be showing my work. And it's such a big belief that our work should speak for itself, which yeah. doesn't work. It's, <laughs> I've tried honestly, it. It doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> no, and it is the process, right? You know what? The work the work by itself attracts other creatives. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. The process is what attracts clients yeah, because they're going, this is – I don't have this in my brain. I don't understand this. I can't do this. That was my biggest thing is I – you know, no offense to anyone, but I don't want – to serve other creatives. Mm-hmm. It's just not I, – I really have a knack for explaining the creative and the marketing and the branding side to people who don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I I don't want to teach people how to do that. I just want to help them. And it's, it's just one of those – because I, I know a lot of designers move into that space because it's so easy to attract fellow designers and yeah. no hate. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that was my biggest thing is like I don't want to create – Here's how you do this in Adobe. Here's how you, you know, start a discovery no. call with a client. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't want to. And so yeah. it it really had to be – that's why when I'm talking, I'm talking to a business owner while I'm mm-hmm. talking through them. Yeah. So I did very purposefully yeah. um, to speak to the problem and the solution. Yeah, which I think says a lot for strategy and gen- – again, we forget about ourselves. If you're yeah. online and doing social as a creative and you're trying to get – clients from this yeah speak to the damn client like it's like you have to (laughs) your client doesn't want to know how to do a trick in adobe illustrator yeah they don't care they (laughs) They don't they don't want to know you know seven color schemes for a trendy brand (laughs) exactly they really don't you know um and i think so this segues into something else again you're setting these up so nicely for me um i'm i'm because i I have been dying to move into the space where we direct how to work with creatives to Mm -hmm. clients. I Mm -hmm. think that's missing. Like we do a lot of talking to each other and we're going, this is how you work with a client. But there's a lot of big no-nos and a big things that really make working with a creative difficult because of how a client is Mm -hmm. communicating and the expectations and things like that. So if you were speaking to a client – on how to work with a creative, mm-hmm. what would you – maybe number one piece of advice you would give to a client for hiring or working with a creative yeah. to get the best result? I don't think it's going to come as a surprise to say I would choose a personality that you gel with. And it doesn't have to be – I always say this because it's the same for brand personality. It doesn't have to be a matching personality. It should be the personality you need for this complimentary yeah yes. complimenting you yeah because there are people again who I work with who have same personality as me and we're like we get this we got it we're rolling it's fine yeah. and then there are people who are a little more timid this is like by typical people a little more timid or just a little more confused and they know I'm not going to treat them differently because I noticed that 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, okay, so I know you're looking for this, but maybe let's try this. I'm yeah. like, no. So, like, if you want this, your customer wants this, this is what we need to do. And I break it down very systematically and just very direct. Like, you don't need to figure out – you don't need to rehash what I said to figure out what I really said. I'm going to really say it. And so I think personality – If and I I would – I hate to say, like, go on TikTok and watch them because I know not a lot of creatives are comfortable doing that. But it's kind of the rat race these days. you got to show who you are. And I'm not saying by any means it's the only way, but I've noticed it being the most effective way in the last five years. <laughs> yeah. It's to show yourself and who you are. And as a client, picking the people who you are like, based on what I see here, mm-hmm. I would love to work with them. Yeah. And it makes everything easier because mm-hmm. you probably have similar communication styles or, you, or they'll probably force you to have the right communication style if you're looking for a stronger presence. Yes. And that's really what I would say. Make sure it's a personality fit. I love that. I would never yeah. have expected. Honestly, I'm so <laughs> tactical. Yeah. Like I'm so like I'm such yeah, a Yeah, I don't you know, have like a tip and trick. I really think and I've noticed it because I'm basically doing personality marketing for the most part. Yeah. I get so many different business. I've not had a repeat business niche from my clients yet. Um, and it's, but the personalities are all one or the other. Exactly. And I, and I love it. And we've worked together so well because we both feel comfortable with each other. It is and the I relationship. Think being comfortable by having that personality fit makes everything so much easier so that even when you disagree, you're okay coming forward with that yeah. and expressing it. Yeah. 100 percent. oh yeah. my god love <laughs> dropping that. bombs dropping yeah. bombs no i think that's <laughs> awesome well thank you so much this has been very enlightening actually you know i'm so not pleasantly surprised because i love the bitterness that we have but yeah. at the same time like there is there are always uh multiple facets to every person and there's you a layer are, yeah. yeah you are to- <laughs> you are totally lovely and gorgeous and thank, thank you for doing you. this yes i um, have had so much fun if you ever want me to come back, I am totally down. Oh my god, yes! And I need to know. So now that now that you are pushing sixty thousand followers on TikTok, and I have to say it again because I'm absolutely thrilled for you. Thank you. Um, that where can people follow you? What's your website? All that good stuff. So definitely follow on TikTok and Instagram. That's where you'll see the most of me, and those are both at Super Lunar Design. Mm-hmm. Super Lunar with an A-R, so everyone knows. And then my website is superlunardesign.com. Perfect. Well, Yay. everyone, thank you so much. This has been Christina Hall. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Jabberwocky Sessions is a podcast written and produced by Uncommon Crowd. Visit us online at www.jabberwockysessions.com or follow us on Instagram at Uncommon Crowd. Thanks for listening.